Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. God's grace, his mercy, and his peace are always yours because of the eternal love the love with no beginning of our God and Father, lived out through his Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, shown us, taught to us, worked in our hearts by the Spirit of God. God really loves you. It's an amazing love. Little ones and grandparents are right there with me. In between, only God knows. Is life better outside of the fish tank? That's the big question in this scene. Among the aquarium fish in the dentist's office. In the Disney Pixar movie, Finding Nemo. Nemo is the little orange clownfish who just wants to get out. And get back to the Great Barrier Reef and to his dad. The other fish at first, not so much. They hadn't been outside the tank. No, Nemo, no. They were afraid. Are you and I ever afraid of existing outside of the little world and the little life that we know? Can you see beyond its walls? You and I will never bump into a glass wall when we're swimming. But there, the reality of our lives, we live lives that have boundaries we cannot cross. Challenges and circumstances that we cannot change. We don't really live in a fishbowl, but we will die one day in this little world in which we are living. But our heart and our God tells us that there's something beyond what we see. Is God the caretaker and the feeder of me and all of us day after day? And if he is... Will he welcome us one day when it's our our turn to leave the tank and live with God? Let's get to God's word. That helps. Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him, in Christ, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. In accordance with his pleasure, and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. 
In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. In accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. That's a mouthful, the amazing words of our God. So how do you picture God the Father sitting on his throne in the heavenly realms? An artist once painted it this way. I'm going to read the words from the book of Daniel, chapter 7, that inspired this painting as the Holy Spirit paints for us the picture of the Father on his throne. Daniel writes, As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow, the hair of his head was white like wool, his throne was flaming with fire, Its wheels were all ablaze, the ultimate hot wheels, right, of our God. A blazing, a river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. Last Sunday was Trinity Sunday. And Pastor Pete gave us a reminder of our relationship with our God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And with a kind of a smirk on his face, he called it the quadrinity. And then he explained himself well. As he reminded us, especially a a fond moment for me, when he reminded us of the Lord's face shining upon us with love and mercy. So which picture is true? The Ancient of Days on his throne to judge, or the face of God smiling upon us? The answer is yes. Both are true, but resolve just a couple verses later in that chapter in Daniel. This is the, ne- the next artist re- uh, um, way of picturing what I'm going to read to you next from Daniel 7. So soak that in for a moment. <clears throat> All right, now listen to to Daniel again. And Daniel was seeing visions from God of the future. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power All nations and people of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting kingdom that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. I don't know about you, this geeks me out just a little bit. Isn't it exciting to see the back end of Ascension Day? We celebrated it a few weeks back. 
Jesus ascending from the earth, being hidden by the clouds. This is the back end of it. His arrival in heaven. The ancient of days, the Father seated on his throne, and the Son ushered into his presence for glory, honor, and power. This is the Jesus of whom Peter said, he suffered once for sins, the righteous one for the unrighteous to bring us to God. My friends, with Jesus standing before his Father's throne, we as believers have no fear of the life to come outside this small little life that we see with our eyes. The Father welcomed Jesus, and he welcomes you and me. That said, let's make sure we're not confused by the thorns and thistles that we experience in life. The heartache and the pain that are unique and personal and real to each and every one of us. God told Adam and Eve that their sin would bring hardship into this world. But his promises encourage us to know and to remember that our God is not hating on us, his children, when we experience the troubles of this life. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 8, he said, we know that in all things, in all things, God is at work for the good of those who love him. Paul said it differently in our text today when he wrote, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Because of Jesus, God's will for our lives will always be for blessing, for our good. How amazing is God's love? Make it a question. How amazing is God's love? Paul goes on. He says, God chose us in Jesus before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. How amazing is God's love? Well, for starters, God's love has no beginning. Let's wrestle with that. Think about it. You and I tend to not love someone or something until we see it, experience it, and know it. We could debate it, but I think in the the end, human love has a beginning. Not so with God's love. The Apostle John writes in his first epistle, God is love. Love is part of God's essence. Love is who he is, what he does. Yet God cannot do anything apart from loving. So before the creation of the world, God chose us. Knowing the evil we would do and the sin we would not fight so well, God chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight through faith in Jesus. He predestined us. 
set us on course for sonship, heirs of eternal life. He planned to bring us to faith, either through the waters of holy baptism connected to the word, or with the hearing of his word. He planned that we would be growing in faith here today, listening to his word. And he plans to bring us safely home to heaven one day. That's all wrapped up in his choosing. How amazing, how awesome is the love of our God unique to him. A little mental exercise. <clears throat> True or false? This life, my life, your life, this life is defined by here. You are defined by where you were born, how you grew up, how you are gifted, and how you think about yourself. The message of the Bible, God wants a different life for us than here. You see, this life is lived under the curse of sin and its hurts. And so God, the God of the Bible says to us, this life will not define you. It cannot define you. Can you imagine? I have to imagine. Can you imagine? Well, not really, but I'm not on Facebook, okay? Can you imagine living life with this world defining you? Living this life with this world defining you. I can't do a poll that would take too long, but how many followers do you have on Facebook? And what is the critical mass of followers before you become popular? Right? How well, or how many likes did you get off your latest reveal about yourself? And if people ghost you on social media... Does that make you happy or does it make you sad? From where do you and I draw our validation that we have value and this life is worth living? Thumbs up, loving you. God would say no. Paul is telling us this morning that God liked us. That's me, let me know. <clears throat> I'll read it in. God tells us that he likes, liked us from before the creation of this world. From outside of this world, God liked us. He chose us when nobody else would. God friended us. I, was, I meant to grab a Bible. Pretend I have a Bible in my right hand, okay? My phone won't do it. God friended us, not through Facebook, but through the book that tells us about God's face shining on us. God texted us, not this way, but from the throne room of heaven through his prophets. And he tells us amazing things like, I have loved you from before the creation of the world to be mine forever.
switching gears slightly. Moving into part two. Why do we text mom, hey, I love you, when we could just swing into the driveway and give her a hug? Why do we friend a friend when we could, like, stop in and say, hey, what you doing tonight? Want to go out for supper? Culver's, Taco Bell, Maddie's? A true friend always loves, is always there for us, and always tells us what we need to hear. So Jesus did not text it, tweet it out, or instant message it. He came and did it. He came and lived it, his message to the world. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. The second person of the triune God came in the flesh. To shed his blood for the very real forgiveness of our sins. A real person. Still a human being. This is the awesomeness of Christmas, my friends. God in the flesh. Why? Because he was on a mission from his father to be the savior of the world. Adam and Eve waited centuries for that offspring of the woman to be born who would crush the serpent's head. Abraham knew that God was telling him that one of his descendants would be a blessing for all the people of the world. King David was told that one of his sons down the line would establish a throne and a kingdom that would last forever. And then Mary was told to name her kid Jesus, a name that means Savior, because he would actually save the world from our sins. How amazing is God's love? Well, it's a mission with purpose. When Jesus came, it was no smoke and mirrors, no superhero with special effects from Hollywood to wow the world. Jesus came to die for our sin, because our sin is real. Sin is why we die. Sin is why there is cancer, why there are heart attacks, why there are car accidents, why there are mass shootings. Sin is, is the reason why by nature we are afraid to die. Sin is real. And so Jesus' mission is real. And so the Ancient of Days really took our sins and put them on the shoulders of his son. The son who said yes to the mission, because that's what love without beginning looks like. My friends, Christmas means so much more than giving ourselves gifts. God gave us his son. Easter has nothing to do with chocolate bunnies as awesome as they are. Keep giving them. But it has everything to do with God's guarantee through his Son that we will rise to life. From eternity, Jesus saw our sin, he saw our suffering, he saw his death, he threw up his hand and he said, Father, I'm going in. Paul writes, with all wisdom and understanding, 
God made known to us the mystery of his will, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Is our Christian faith a focus on the past, the present, or the future? Yes, he did die, he did rise, I believe it, it changes my life, I will rise to life forever in heaven. No thorns and thistles in my heavenly walk, no pain and death in my heavenly walk, no strife among people. Now, take a quick breath to ponder this, in heaven, we will all like each other. Right now, we unconditionally love all of us, like, but we'll like each other. Got to chew on that for a while. And we'll see the Ancient of Days, and we will stand in his presence because the Ancient of Days likes us better than Facebook, likes us in his Son. You see, God's love without beginning is a love with purpose. God's design has always been to restore to his creation the love and the relationships he intended at the beginning, when from the darkness he called out, let there be light. And after six days of awesome creating, and he saw it all, he declared it good. Love with vision that involves you and me. Last, our last learning exercise was a true and false. This one will be word correlation. I say a word or two or three and you respond. What comes to mind, okay? Word correlation. I say location, location, location. And you say real estate. Very good. A little bolder. How about... I say, buy low, sell high, buy low, sell high, and you say, stock market. I say, the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears, we're in church, we can't go there. But did you notice what Paul repeated over and over throughout the reading? In Christ. In Christ, in Christ, my salvation, your salvation, God chose me in Christ before the creation of the world. When there was nothing in me for God to love. Seven times in the reading, Paul wants us to know that our salvation is not you in you, it's not in me, it's not in our good works. It is in the choice of the Father through his Son, all wrapped up in the love of God that has no beginning before the creation of the world. What comfort to know that my salvation is 100% God's responsibility. 
Imagine if God said, Nathan, I'm going to make 95% of holiness for you. I'm going to accomplish that through my son and his work, and I'm going to forgive you, but the last 5% is on you. Be holy, and I will give you heaven. I'd look up and I'd say, Father, no. No. I can't. I haven't. But you told me about your son. And who came and died a real death for me. And on the cross he cried out, It is finished. 100%, my friends. In Christ. In Christ. In Christ. Our salvation. The amazing love of our God. The doctrine of election is deep, but the truth is simple. God wants us to know, I did it for you. Trust me. Closing thought. What is your favorite Bible passage to share with the world, with the people in your life, and a friend, an acquaintance, a family member? If we took a poll, we'd be all over the map, but I think we'd pretty quickly realize that John 3.16 is right there. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Why do we like that passage? Probably it's the first one we memorized. It's kind of easy to memorize, right? But isn't it also because that passage is compact, pretty clear for us in faith to explain, and it's complete. But maybe we like it because it reminds us that our God leads with his love. A love that existed before the creation of the world. He chose us. He determined to send his son. And he declared for all creation to hear, in my son they will have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, and God's people say, Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. We pray. <laughs> Triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the depth of your love for us is mind-boggling. We can't fit you in our brain, and that's a good thing, because we can't. It means you're big enough to save us. Well, what you have told us today, Heavenly Father, is that your love has always been a part of you, unconditional love. And you determined before the creation of the world to choose each and every one of us in this room to be your own. You brought us to faith, either through the waters of holy baptism or through the hearing of your word. It is your will that we are here today listening to you to grow in faith and knowledge. You have put us on the course to heaven.
and you will bring us safely there, not because of anything in us, thanks be to you, O Lord, but because all of it is packed into your Son and into your love. When he cried from the cross, it is finished. Let us never forget that. We need do nothing for our salvation. You have done it all. And it all began with your love before you ever created this little planet and thought up our little lives. You first led with love. And you determined to save us in Jesus, our Savior. Lord, Heavenly Father, we know this truth to be ours. And we know from your word and from living life that this life is short, this world is small, this world needs to hear the message we know about your love from forever and your love in Jesus in time. So make us people, make us a church that never tires of sharing you with the world. And now, Heavenly Father, we ask you to listen to the prayer that your Son taught us to pray 2,000 years ago. A A prayer that captures all of our thoughts, all of our needs, and puts them into words in seven short petitions. We pray together. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now receive with believing hearts the blessing of our God, the God who wants to shine on us with love. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor. And together God's people say, Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.